And this is Deion Dawkins, man. And you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast. It's season nine, episode 14. I am John DiCarlo, the editor of OwlScoop.com. I'm here with Kyle Gauss, Johnny Swizlak, and Declan Landis. Good to have everybody here with us. We're just missing Rymier. Hopefully we'll have him next week. Have a great, great show ahead for you guys. A lot of basketball to talk about. Temple has two football games left before this season comes to a close. A disappointing season, to say the least. We have some audio from Aiden Tobiasin for you from my interview with him from a few weeks ago when he verbally committed to Temple. We have some audio from the Temple postgame press conference from Tuesday night after they beat Drexel. And we have some audio from Stan Drayton from his Monday press conference. A very, very full mailbag to get to with some funny questions, some Thanksgiving stuff too. So a lot of great stuff to get to ahead. The Scoop, as always, is brought to you all by Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. If you have been injured while on the road or the highway and the crash was someone else's fault, the insurance company is not going to be on your side. You need us, Temple Law grads, who will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win, so in Pennsylvania or New York, Call us today at 215-261-7359. That's 215-261-7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans-law.com. That's greenspans-law.com. What's up, everybody? How are you? It's popping. How are we? Yo, what's up? <laughs> Nobody can see this, but we have Kyle on Zoom, and he's just he's just sitting at one end of the table and just virtually here uh, joining us. I also cannot see what I look like, but I assume I look like like the villain from like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Like thing. Like it would just be like me, I'm the floating like brain inside. <laughs> that actually kind of feels accurate. <laughs> it does. Yeah. What what teenage mutant ninja turtle would you want to be? Um pick an Italian turtle. <laughs> yeah, pick a Renaissance Renaissance artist. Yeah. <laughs> look, I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you. I've never never seen Can you name the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, Michelangelo, Donatello, uh-huh. Leonardo, Raphael. Yeah, perfect. So just pick one of those. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know their personalities. Like don't I don't know. Time. We don't have time to get into it. You're right. I'll pick Le- uh, Leonardo. You're a Raphael. Well, dang. Well, you might be a Michelangelo. <laughs> You're one of like the. I think Shakespeare referred to you. Like, there was like, a phrase. You were like the comedic saber or whatever on the side. Ah, perfect. What would Johnny yeah. be? Uh, Leo, not Leonardo, the purple one, Donatello. There you go. What about you're a big me? purple guy. I, I think I'm. Purple. I think I'm a Donatello. I think you're Leonardo. Me? Yeah. That's not. I don't mean that as a compliment. Like, please let's be. <laughs> let's be, let's be. I was thinking Master Splinter. You can be Master Shut Splinter. <laughs> you're a. You are. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Master, Master Splinter, you're wise. I'm more of a in your way. I like to point out uh, all the two of you are pursuing journalistic careers, and neither of you chose the journalist in you could have been April. I don't know who that is. You don't know who April she's the she's the she's a TV reporter. reporter. Yeah. I've also never watched Teenage Mutant. Wait, she's a TV reporter? What's she doing with the turtles? Macking on them. They all they all love her. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a subplot of Teenage Mutant (laughs) Turtles. They're all that's kind of crazy in love with April. And she like and she like feeds into that. Like I, I don't think it's ever re- like consummated, but like she knows, she knows that all four of these genetically mutated turtles are into April. That's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, we're entering we're Beauty and the Hall- Beast level Hall- conversations here. here. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's got to be some ethical line they're crossing here. There's yeah. no way. Hmm? Look, '90s weird. cartoons were a different time, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we're willing to get into anything on this. <laughs> Good talk, guys. <laughs> What else is going on other than that? Um, well, not to tease it. I will tease it a little bit, you know. Oh boy. You should. This is comprised too much of your day so far. Yeah, we uh we're writing a Christmas album. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Good it's really good. Johnny's writing one or recording one? Writing one. There will be no recording of it? Well, I mean, we'll be recording as well, but like we're I wanted to point out that we're going to an effort to like actually write lyrics to it. Are you it's inspired in, it's in the by the Kelsey's? Is that this? Pretty much, yeah. I saw a uh, I saw a video this morning of them. They were doing the Galway Christmas song, and uh, I was like, you know what? My uh, my TTN sports staff. I said well, it's we, a, should, we should write a Christmas. It's a album. cover of the Pogues, right? 
Am I yes. making that up? Yeah. Okay. But we're like we're changing lyrics and like making. Well, so did out. they. <laughs> so did the original well, song. That's true. They, that's they true. changed they a did. lot of lyrics. They did. Texted me a few hours ago and he said, "Are you busy?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'm I'm doing some work and I'm working on the script for the podcast." That's I thought not it was, what you said. was like urgent. I thought I was like, "Are you?" I, I said, "Are you on your way to the office?" So on my way there. I thought it was like an urgent matter relating to WHIP no, or something else. Not. He comes in and he's already at his desk. He's like, I, I need to play something for you. <laughs> and it was top of mind for him. So, yeah. It's, and I uh, killed it. I wrote a I wrote a parody of the Christmas song about our TTN sports staff. So it was very good. I just wish once you would put the energy that you put into other things into like do that for Al Scoop. Just All do right, it to Alex. No, 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 no. I don't relax. mean like cover, like covering games. I don't care about that. I'm saying like put that creative energy into like writing something about Al Scoop. Make like an Al Scoop song instead of a TTN oh, song. Oh, now you're it talking. Could be an Al Scoop track. Now you're talking. Yeah. I, mean, I, I like I, that. So you far, know, he's bonus a track. Christmas song. And then I could hear them giggling like nursery school kids outside <laughs> as I was putting the finishing touches on the scoop. And it's set to wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> it's perfect. I don't want to spoil everything, you know, for our our loyal fans, but I have written an Owl Scoop theme before, by the way. Was it crude? Yes. But could I like shape it into something? Sometimes. Well, no, I mean, like, you know, it wasn't completely put together. Like I could put some energy and effort into it. Spring re-recorded a theme song. It was. It was. It was pretty good. I needed some more time to flesh it out. But I mean, how many songs are going to be on this record? 10 to 15. 10 to 15. A lot. Yeah, we got time. A lot right, a we're bit. pumping through them. We're moving through them. You're moving through them. You've recorded a couple tracks already. Well, I have the the demo for the one song, and I we're mid writing four right now. So writing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. it's a process. Who's producing this? Probably me. Johnny, what's your role in this? I'm I'm writing a couple songs myself. You know, I'm I add more of like an alto voice to the whole to the track. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. So stay tuned. Stay right, tuned. Well, uh, You're gonna love it. Well, it's a holiday let album. Let us form that opinion. Don't. You're gonna don't love try it. To well, see, because you were like, "What if I hate it? What if I hate it?" And then you were like, "That actually was really good. It's fun. <laughs> it was really good." There is something about a. Uh, there's a, a Nutgraff reference in there. Yeah, in it's the, uh, the the opening line is uh, Nutgraff sitting in a Google Doc. You know, <laughs> and I was really I- proud of it. I think cool. most of the time when John, as an advisor, hears that you're doing something like this, his mind immediately goes to like, oh, crap, am I going to have to go to HR? Like, like is, De- <laughs> is Declan going to put me in a bad spot? <laughs> I don't know if that says about me. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was, it's all it's all good. Innocent fun. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. It's not always like, being it's boys. totally a locker room talk. This is no, okay. this is completely G rated, like play it in front of your family. You know, sit by the fire. Please don't, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Please don't go home. And say, mom, I got to record. I got to record. You got to listen to. There's ten to fifteen songs long. No, no notes until you listen to all of it. It's prog rock. It's a prog rock album. Prog rock. Like Rush. <laughs> Let's move right along here, guys. <laughs> After Declan's moment of, moment of fame, <laughs> limited fame, famous number fourteens. Uh. Um, like, Ingram 14? Yeah, sure. Like the second or third worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Ken Anderson? No, Brad no, no. Johnson. Never... Brad, oh, Johnson. Brad Johnson. No, Ken also, Anderson never won one. Ken Anderson did wear number 14, but they lost to the Niners. Sorry, go ahead. Two Hall of very good first basemen from the 90s. Slash oh, 2000s. Nice. For well, Pete Rose wore. Yeah, Pete Rose. Yeah. Russell. Um, I don't know. I don't know the other one. Very good first baseman, number fourteen. One, I'll say you'll think Expos or Braves for. Oh well, Andre Scalaraga. Yep, and the uh, other one you'll think uh, White Sox for. Frank Thomas, Paul Canerco. Oh, per- would not have gotten Paul that. Canerco. Frank Thomas was forty-two, right? Was he? Did he was win number forty-two? And then he Frank put, Thomas was forty-two. They, or did they retire? Or twenty-four? This Frank was Thomas they... wore thirty-five. No, I was nowhere near it. Never mind. I really you kind of just if you split the two, you're pretty close. Yeah, yeah, for somewhere there in the commercials. Middle. Yeah, didn't I? Oh God, I know the Frank Thomas commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Daytime um, television. Yeah, did uh, Oscar Robinson wear number fourteen? He did. He did. Yes, that was my yeah, next one. Um, and then uh, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Andy Dalton went to which school? 
Didn't ask you. You should know this. I was gonna say that TCU. I was gonna say Yeah, TCU. TCU when they were still in like the Mountain West. And did no tie Detmer wore fourteen right? Tie Detmer wore fourteen for the Eagles, and Coy Detmer wore ten. Coy Detmer wore ten, and Ty Detmer wore ten in college. Ty Detmer wore fourteen for the Eagles. Yep, and at BYU. Yeah, good pickup. Good pickup, bro. Bro, Caden making an appearance. Caden Steele of NJ.com making an appearance on on the scoop. We love you, Caden. He's probably not listening to this podcast. Probably not. He might be. No, he doesn't respond to text messages anymore. So, two days later. Two days later, he'll, he'll reply with like a laughing emoji or something. Yes. No substance to the Bro, message. Why is John sending me a text? <laughs> no, I'm breaking down film of Deuce Daly from the 90s. Anyway, guys, there's our there's our list for the time being. Of, it's a good list, fellas. Good list. Yeah. Great list of uh, famous number 14s. Let's talk about this Temple men's basketball team. They're 3-0 and after Tuesday's 66-64 to win at Drexel. Uh, they also have two home games coming up this Saturday against Columbia at one. And then next Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving at the league Corps center against Ole Miss uh, Columbia is two and two after last night's win over SUNY Delhi. And their only other win came against so, Bard, a D three program. Delhi. So SUNY Delhi. Oh, it is Delhi. Yes. Oh, excuse me. It's okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Big SUNY guy. You're a big SUNY guy. Big SUNY guy. My state, mom went to a SUNY. The state system. Oh, there we yeah. go. Which SUNY. SUNY. Oh my God, Fredonia. Where is go. that at? Uh, Fredonia, New York. Yeah, thanks. Where's Fredonia? <laughs> Somewhere upstate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Big SUNY guy. Big don't SUNY don't guy. delve into it. I can that. name a few. <laughs> New Paltz. Uh, isn't Stony Brook a SUNY? I, yeah. I think it is. Might be. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Good journalism program, Stony Brook. SUNY anyway. Fredonia is up near like, it's directly in between Erie and Buffalo. Gorgeous country. So cold. So they get the lake yeah, effect. Very but... cold. Yeah. Very, very cold and gray. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, back to Columbia hoops. <laughs> uh, they've lost to Providence by 19. Then they lost to that Dwayne Killings coached Albany team by three. And then Ole Miss is three and zero. Oh. They've beaten Alabama State, Eastern Washington, and Detroit Mercy. Kyle, who what former Sixer played at Detroit Mercy? Arashma Rash- Parks. No. Uh, um, uh, Willie Green. Yes, very good, yeah. very good. Isn't he the coach um, there now? Am I making that up? Yeah, I think he is yeah. the coach there. Yeah. Don't don't be trying to test me on Willie Green knowledge. <laughs> you, you fight, passed. fight, fight. Early two thousand sixers are everywhere, man. You got Willie yeah. Green. You got Speedy Claxton at Hofstra. Mid major basketball is riddled with early two thousand sixers. What's Speedy Claxton's <laughs> real first name? Craig. There we go. Wow, don't be trying again. Us. Kyle's on. Come on. <laughs> on his game today like mid-tier early 2006ers guards right up my alley yes <laughs> wait didn't you don't you have the anecdote of going to a barber in muncie indiana and showing them a picture of um kyle corver yeah kyle corver and saying give me this i was haircut. like give me this haircut and they were like no <laughs> <laughs> it's early 2000s it's basically like ashton kutcher hair in 2000s that's awesome uh, i love that story anyway now, Ole Miss was predicted to finish 10th in the preseason SEC media poll. And, of course, after those games, we're looking far ahead. A cool thing for Temple is, regardless of those two games, they have a chance later on this month if they play LaSalle, they, well, if they beat LaSalle, then they're playing for the Big Five championship in the inaugural Big Five Classic. But before we get to that, let's look as big a picture as we can get after three games. Where do you guys feel they are? after three games what do you feel like they're doing well what are some things they need to improve upon and is anything or anybody surprised you kyle i'll start with you they're doing well in the categories that are like water cooler categories like the day after a win and you're going to the office like what do they need to get better at shooting free throws they're doing well at not turning the ball over they're doing well at and they're playing defense they're doing well it's like the three like low-hanging fruit that somebody calling it the wip would say so like they're good in like that aspect of basketball which is um solid because it also like travels well like that's kind of like slump proof when you can be like okay they get to the line well and they shoot free throws well i john we were talking about this a little bit earlier i i take a little bit of this with grand salt just because of the level of basketball that they're playing at but i don't know if any of you have watched welcome to wrexham uh like the the documentary thing but the song for the season of welcome to wrexham is don't forget to sing i'm sorry yeah don't forget to sing when you win which i think is kind of like the motto of temple basketball this year in the sense of like there was so much 
bad vibes and mediocre basketball over the last couple of years that I don't want to be the wet towel because like wins and good vibes were so few and far in between with Temple basketball recently that I think that Temple fans should be appreciative of the fact that, yeah, they're 3-0 regardless of who they who they have played. Oh, mm-hmm. nail on the head. I think, like, it's the, the biggest thing is the energy. Like, you, you see that the team is, like, playing with each other, and that's just something we didn't see last year. Like you said, Kyle, like, I tweeted out when we were at Navy the thing about, you know, Steve Settle diving for the loose ball and every single person on the bench going over and picking him up, like you would never have seen that last year. You would never have seen like, you know, Aaron McKee fist pumping. We've talked about it on the podcast, like fist pumping in the first half and like getting, you know, really excited at almost every play. And, you know, there's just a level of, you know, passion that you feel from everybody on that roster that we just did not get last year. And it was a lot of, you know, ISO ball and people playing for themselves and and whatnot. And, I think that's the big takeaway right now, at least for me. No, and I, I think you guys both hit the nail on the head, like you said, Declan. I think it has to do with the culture that Fisher has um, instilled with the, the tea before me kind of slogan that they have. It's you a little, 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 little corny, but I, love it. But I, I think, I, I think like while it's corny, I think it does mean something to the team. Like you mentioned with the Steve Settle thing and, and that Navy press conference when asking Adam Fisher and he kind of explained it, the players just the way they were looking at at him and the way they kind of believed in what he was saying, I think is a big thing. And while, like we've mentioned, the competition hasn't been great, I do think like the vibes are high and they're win- they're winning the games that are in front of them, which is important and something that can't be said for years past. Yeah, I, I do. I do think real quick. I think it all like that being said. All that being said, I think there's still some areas where you're like, oh yeah, that's a glaring. Like they need to get better at that. Like they shot 31 percent against. Um, I'm a blank they Drexel. just beat against Drexel. Sorry, yeah. and like Heiser Miller shouldn't be like top twenty in the nation and three pointers attempted, right? Like there are like things where you're like, okay, that they need to get better at, or they're still waiting to plug in somebody there. But like end of the day, I think everybody would have signed off on three and zero and a team that actually plays defense and doesn't turn the ball over, which is massive. Yeah, I shot you a text after the game. I said, when was the last time they won shooting 31%? Which I had to whole... I had to open up my database on my phone because of that. Like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if we we're getting your more, commitment. If we're getting inside baseball, I was in the bathroom. And you sent me this. I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, uh, let me look here. And I'll just scroll back <laughs> and try to do it. Yeah, and it was, it was when they won at number one Houston last year. So you, that's not going to... It's not going to happen all the time, and it's a rarity. But, yeah, I mean, Kyle makes a good point. I mean, Heiser Miller shot 5 of 22, 3 of 13. Ideally, you do not want him taking 13 threes in a game. He hit a couple of tough step-back threes. You know, I I thought that Zach Spiker coached a pretty good game. He did just about everything he could have done. Now, credit to Temple and Sam Hoffman, they did a really good job of defending Amari Williams. Now, Amari Williams was almost the hero in that game. He made sort of like a swim move off of that off of that Justin Moore miss and had a clean look at, at a putback really and, clean and, uh, and didn't put it back. But yeah, you don't want most of, uh, unless he's hitting them at a high clip, they're not going to win too many games with, with high taking 22 shots and taking 13 threes. And you'll, you'll hear Adam Fisher say it here in a few minutes in this clip that we have for you. And he said, when I was in my opening press conference, I said, we want to shoot a lot of threes. I should have amended that to say, I, we got to make a lot of them and they haven't, but they have, like Kyle said, what's one of the cliche terms, like they they packed their defense, only turned it over five times. I think that really, really saved them Tuesday night. And yeah, some of this stuff is eventually going to come back and, and bite them if they blow a, a what a 14-point lead against a, a Nevada, against a VCU. Well, even an eight-point lead with a minute left. Yeah, you know, the, the games are are going to get tougher. But I said it last week, the vibe around the program is completely different. It's a lot more upbeat. I'm not saying that's going to win them, you know, 26 games and get them to the tournament, but three games in, I I think I I could have seen him at at, at two and one. I thought they might lose to Drexel. I still think that's a fairly solid Drexel team. It's an old, an old Drexel team. I think there's eight seniors on that team. Yeah. So like, yeah, I would have, I would have agreed that if you had told me they were going to lose that game, I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's seeable. Well, especially with the game Luke House had, like he could not miss a shot for yeah, most of that. Yeah, I mean, he had one of the better games of of his career, and they couldn't. You know, there were a couple of times where he got open looks. There were a couple of times where he created his own looks. They they could have done a better job defending him. But I think heading into the game, if somebody said, "Okay, you have your choice. You're going to hold Amari Williams to two of eight shooting, 
and eight points, you would you would take that because that's where they had a clear advantage. But Sam Hoffman really had a really good game. I mean, the one lone mistake he had was being in the wrong place at the wrong time on the on the foul on Justin Moore. And that's when things really got interesting down the stretch. But nonetheless, they win that game 66-64 to 3-0 and heading into this weekend. Here's a clip from Heiser Miller talking about, I asked him about those late game situations. Again, it's a small sample size, but they lost so many games down the stretch last year where they just choked away leads. They they couldn't play well down the stretch. Again, so far through three games this year, again, very early on, things have been different. Here's what Heiser said when I asked him about why they're playing better in those late game situations. I think we just, we just stay together. We just stay together in these moments. That's something we preach every game. When adversity hits, we got to stick together, whether we winning, whether we losing, we just got to stay together. So that's the biggest thing. Like in moments like this, when it get, it get tougher, we kind of come together because if we go apart, then I don't think we'd be able to finish strong or, you know, have, you know, success in the end. Another clip from Tuesday night, Adam Fisher was asked what he's seen after three games, kind of the, the good, the bad, the, the everything in between and what he's seen heading into, into this weekend. Again, they're, it's early on. They're undefeated. Here's what Adam Fisher said when he talked about, you know, what he's seen from the team so far through three games. You know, I think we're really defending, and I think it starts with our communication. Um, that's that's our, you know, that's got to be our calling card. We got to defend. We got to defend for 40 minutes, whatever that means. We got to communicate, and then we got to finish with a rebound. Um, you know, I think we're doing a great job of getting to the foul line um, and knocking shots down from there. Uh, I'd probably like to see us make some more shots, right? You, you get up there at your press conference, talk about shooting threes. We're shooting them. I should have rephrased it. We need to make them. So, uh, but I'm really proud of these guys. They're, they're taking what the defense has given them. And no matter what it is, these guys are all finding ways to help us win. Every one of our guys did something tonight to help us win. That includes our guys that didn't play. A lot of guys prepared us for the game, and they do a great job. So it's, it's 14. It's 14 guys helping us each night. Another clip that we have here for you guys, of course, uh, Aiden Tobias and, and Dylan Batie are two players from the 2024 class we've talked about at length. They signed their national letters of intent earlier this month. Aiden Tobias, and if you're a Temple fan by now, you know he plays at St. Elizabeth's down in Wilmington. A really good player who's been fast rising over the last few months. Uh, if you're an Alscoop.com subscriber, you can read that story on the site. This is a, a part of my interview with Aiden Tobias, and, and it's some some good stuff about how his recruitment really took off over the the couple of months that preceded his Temple verbal commitment, uh, him talking to me about why he picked Temple, and then the funny story about uh, the coach's reaction, about Adam Fisher's reaction and Chris Clark's reaction, about when he committed and when he told them that he wanted to come. I wrote about this in my story, but this is Aiden telling that story and, again, talking about how his recruitment grew and, and why he picked Temple. Playing for a overlooked AAU team has definitely been a little harder to – to get recognition because we would play like pretty high competitive teams. We just wouldn't get the recognition because of, of the, the, the reputation our, our team had. Mm -hmm. So I say like through the whole AU season, uh, it was hard to get looks. But then once the, once the high school live event started happening, that's when I started to get recognized. And that's where I started to come out of my shell a little bit. I, I really just had to keep working every, every day. And I and I could definitely say I got better every day, and I, I think I still am. I, th I think that was the biggest thing, just really realizing what I have to do to get better, and it started showing on the court. So I just kept sticking with it. And it, it worked. What was it about Temple where you said I'm I'm committing? This is it. Really, the the, the connection with the coaches that I I knew from the start when they came to the open gyms. I, I just knew I had a great connection with them, and then. Watching their, their their practice with high high intensity, and, uh, and and the players were very positive like through the whole practice, and it was for two hours as well. And I was like, I was like, I can definitely be part of this program. And I can definitely fit their style of play. And then after actually going there for the official, that's when I really started to like really connect with everybody there, and even the, the the women's team as well, which I thought was great. But yeah, I, I it just it just felt like a like a, a place you can call home. And it was just a great time to be there. And I can definitely see myself winning at Temple. When you committed, when you let them know, what was their reaction when you told them you were coming? Oh, man. they! Um, I remember it was, uh, we were at State 48. And uh, and we were outside in front of, in front of 
Michael Phelps is Rolls Royce because he was there. Um, oh, wow. So, we, we were, yeah, we, we, were, we were outside, and uh, Coach Fish asked me how I feel. And I remember Coach Chris Clark was next to me, and uh, I said, I, I want to come here. And that's when Coach, Coach, <laughs> Coach Chris, he ran across all the way across the sidewalk, and then he came back, and him and Coach Fish, like, jumped up in the air and hit each other on the shoulders. It was funny, man. But they're definitely very excited, and it, it made me excited as well. Declan, Johnny, I'll, I'll turn to you guys on this because you've, you've you've seen more of the games. The, the Temple women's team, so they're two and two after last night's eighty to sixty three loss at number twenty three, Ole Miss. They got within eleven in the third quarter. They didn't get any closer than that. So they've they've obviously shown the ability to beat teams like Dell State and Bucknell, but they haven't been as competitive against. Georgetown and last night against Ole Miss again tough you know top 25 team that they're playing on the road I think it's easy to say they're better than they were last year deeper than they were last year but still a lot to work on early on is that fair to say Uh, yeah I think there is a lot to work on um but I, I there's something to the development that has happened with some of the players like Tierra East and Enos Piper the way that they've come along in just one season under Richardson, the way that they've been able to develop, and I, I, I'll be the first to say that that Georgetown loss was pretty disappointing. You know, not not the performance you wanted to see, and a team that you probably could have and should have beaten. Uh, the Ole Miss game, that's a tough opponent, top twenty-five team. Um, it would have been tough going in there and coming out with the win. So, not a scheduled loss, but maybe you would have liked to see a little bit better performance from some people. But I, again, I think there there is a room for improvement for this team, and I'm not, I'm not jumping ship yet i'm still pretty high on this team and for what they can do this season what what did happen in that georgetown game because you you wrote about the fact that they switched to a zone and and diane was open and honest and saying that not everybody was on the same page and instead of calling a timeout she she said something like i was just gonna let them work through it Mm -hmm. i mean did they was that a classic case of they were just way too overconfident after blowing out an inferior opponent I, i think that that definitely has something to do with it and i think there was the the, the, I think coming off of that huge win and then getting punched in the mouth early in that first quarter, it just caught them off guard and to a point where they, they couldn't really bounce back. Mm-hmm. And that they tried to switch to the zone. They, Diane Richardson mentioned she didn't call a timeout and just not everybody really switched to it or knew what they were doing. And there was a lack of communication. And I mean, in my opinion, a timeout probably could have helped there, you know, calm everybody down and, you know, get, get settled. But I, I, I don't know. I think that was just a case of a team that, you know, wasn't expecting to get jumped on as, as soon as the game started and kind of came in too confident and kind of caught them off guard. Yeah. And I think a big thing, at least for the Ole Miss game, was they came out just really, really slow. And Coach Richardson has mentioned the importance of coming out and, and getting the first punch. You know, like uh, Mike Tyson used to say, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. My dad loves that quote. So I had to, I had to fit it in. But, um, <laughs> They they just came out really, really slow in that first quarter and that second quarter. But the, the second half, they played really good basketball. And I mean, you said it, they got it, they cut it to eleven. It just, you know, they couldn't overcome some things. And uh they this is a team that is not not dependent on it. Dependent's not the right word, but they play their best basketball when they come out in the first quarter and dominate. And they like when they can get their shots going in the first quarter, they can play that defense. Um, they just moved away kind of a little bit, it seemed like, in the first quarter. And I don't know if it was just the the stage or what, but that first quarter killed them and they just couldn't overcome it. So I think that's a big thing for them moving forward. I mean, but every every team's going to play well when they come out and dominate in, in the first quarter. But I mean, quarter, like, the they... so is is it obviously, I mean, I know it's, it's a good point, an obvious one. How much of it is just... Sorry, that's what they've said, no, but it, how much of it is just they are still blending together. I know that now in 2023, teams have more time to work together on, in the offseason. How much of it is still just meshing together with a lot of new pieces? I think a lot of it. I think it's, you know, there are a lot of scores, which is great, but also there are a lot of scores and they don't really know what the role is within, you know, who is scoring on a given night. I think it's it's a chemistry thing. And I think that's why they started out slow yesterday is they weren't really sure who was going to get going when. And it ended up being Tiara East, but they didn't really figure that out to the second half. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of it was getting to the line and and that's good. But if you can't score in the half court, then you're not going to be able to win games like that. So 
Um, I think their big issue is is just trying to gel and get it together because there are a lot of really good pieces and we've seen what it looks like when they gel together. And we just, you know, we didn't see that last night or against Georgetown. And I think you make a good point with that their difficulty to score in the half court is it seems like the games that they've lost, they've really settled for shots on the outside. They're not really moving off ball and creating uh, open space. I think that's the big thing. Like Tierra East, she while she was dominant last night in the first half, they, there was nobody really moving off ball and creating space for her to, you know, generate the uh, getting to the basket. I think that's something that Temple is like when they're playing well, it's when they're playing physical and they're getting to the basket. And I think that's something that they haven't, they didn't really do in the beginning of the game against Georgetown and they didn't do against Old Miss either. All right, let's get to this Temple football team. And after that, we have a very full mailbag to get to with, with all sorts of stuff. So if you're a Temple football fan, you know by now that they 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 absolutely blew the game down in Tampa. I mean, we we could say that, you know, between the turnovers, between the EJ Warner pick six, between that last really brutal last drive where they had chances to get USF off the field and they did, and the Zamir Cobb's late hit, the the late offsides penalty, uh Stan Drayton looked Look really kind of, I mean, not that I would expect him to be upbeat and happy on Monday, but it looked. He looked fed up. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I get it. Like people are going to say that's, that's, that's a lack of discipline. It's on the coaches. Nobody coaches up players to hit, hit, hit people late. And that's, that's very dispiriting for a coach. I think when the season started, Stan Drayton probably did not plan on Zemir Cobbs being in the game that late either way. Well, he said that too on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But a brutal penalty, a lot of mistakes. So now their 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 bull hopes are over. And again, he, they were technically still alive. Technically, of, they're not. Technically, they're not. Yeah, they could get in. There's, there's not going. There's not going to be enough six and six teams. So after that, it goes to, I think technically JMU and Jacksonville State get in before the five and seven teams. But yeah, there's always a possibility of a five and seven team. Yeah, but you've got so obviously they're they're down at Birmingham at UAB this Saturday, and then they close out against Memphis and. I, just don't see them beating Memphis. Yeah. I think the Saturday is a very winnable game, but again, they've had winnable games and they end right. up beating themselves. This UAB team's three and seven overall, two and four in American Athletic Conference play. They're coming off a 31 to six loss at Navy. They're they've been outscored 104 to 58 in the fourth quarter. They're 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 not finishing well. I mean, they've they've got a pretty good quarterback in, in Jacob Zeno. He's a Baylor transfer. He's got good numbers, although he did not play well, wasn't protected well last week against Navy. He was sacked four times. Through two picks, he was 25 of 36. They they've got a good running back in Jermaine Brown. But again, this is a it's a beatable UAB team. UAB's favored. After everything we've seen, what what are we feeling about this game? I mean, is this again, I think it's a game that Temple could and should win, but how many times have we said that this season? Kyle, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, the fact that UAB's favored doesn't surprise me because Temple hasn't earned that benefit of a doubt like in any aspect so far this year. So like, even if like talent wise and even performance wise, they're on a level playing field. I think Vegas is just showing like, well, Temple might find a way to Temple this um, UAB turns out. It's not a good idea to hire a high school defensive coordinator as a defensive coordinator. Their defense is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I agree that I think there's some similarities maybe even between Temple and um, UAB in the sense they both have pretty good quarterbacks. They give up a lot of points. The big differences to me is like you talked about UAB gives up a lot of sacks. I think they're bottom 20 in the nation and giving up sacks uh, total defense. They're bottom 20 in the nation in total defense. The biggest difference I think is EJ Warner's ability to get rid of the ball quickly, which is something that UAB hasn't shown the ability to do. Right. This is back-to-back weeks where if, if everything was equal, you would go, okay, Temple should run the ball 60 times against UAB because they give up a lot on the ground. But I think we've shown now through 10 games that everyone's kind of picked up that Temple is not great on that. They did it okay in the first half against South Florida. Like they ran the ball a fair amount. Um, they were successful. I think it was honestly, I think it was like the third or fourth best rushing game of the Stan Drayton era, which is concerning when it was only yeah. like 105 yards. Um, but I think this is just going to be the typical Temple game where it's EJ Warren's going to throw the ball 50 times and it's going to come down to is he going to turn the ball over three times of those 50 throws or is there going to be the David Martin Robinson fumble against South Florida? Kind of after inexcusable. A, after a 30 yard game, yeah. too. Kind of inexcusable for a six year guy. Uh, the Zymer Cobb's late penalty is obviously completely inexcusable. Um, but I think it's, 
you're going to be able to tell if Stan Drayton's lost the locker room with this game. I'll, I'll tell you that. If, if they go out there and they just completely lay an egg and you see guys just going through the motions and, you know, they're not tackling through and they're, they're just there and because there's nothing to play for at this point, then that's not a great sign for the future of Temple football. If you see guys go out there and they're still putting helmet on ball and they're still hustling and they're still kind of playing for the underclassmen or even the upperclassmen in that sense, like you want to send them out on a good note, then there's a hope. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a very telling game one way or the other for the Stan Drain era. Yeah, and I don't think that this is a – I don't – I think it's a very fair point, and I think that people are going to, if they hear you say that, Kyle, they're going to say, well, is this like a – has this taken on a Rod Carey situation? No, 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 I, I didn't mean that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that Stan is a heck of a lot more appreciated and respected in that facility and in that locker room, but I, I think that's a very good point. I think that this is a winnable game. Look, I mean, anything's possible on any given Saturday. We'll we'll tailor that for college football instead mm-hmm. of any or any given nice. Thursday or Friday. Any other week, it's action. But no, I I would expect them to go out and say, look, yeah, this is a game that we could win and should win. I do. I think it's a bad sign if they go down there and they're turning it over four times again. And you know, if you're talking about the offensive line, if you're talking about UAB's offensive line versus Temple's, I think Stan is always pretty fair. Like. He knows that EJ Warner does a good job of getting rid of the ball. They didn't give up any sacks last week. Now, Chris Smith uh, was playing for the first time at left tackle because Melvin Siani was out. Luke Watson was out. Didn't give up a sack. But I think, you know, Stan will be the first to admit, like, yeah, they could they could be better. EJ still got hit too much. But a decent sign that he was able to go in and be competent enough week after week, guys are day to day. We don't know who's going to play on that line. Rich Rodriguez is basically playing on one leg at this point. I mean, he really toughs things out, but he's, he's been banged up in almost every single game, but I I do. I think this is going to be a really, really interesting game. I know people are kind of like looking ahead to basketball now and they're not as much into thinking about a road football game, but uh, let's throw this out there for predictions. We have Declan. I'll start with you. Uh, I think if the the defense that played in the second and third quarter shows up, they have a chance at winning. But I just think the UAB probably wins this one. And at score, I'll give you 28-21 UAB. Johnny? I think this is going to be a little more high scoring uh, than you, Declan. I, I also don't have Temple winning. They've kind of – I've kind of moved on from predicting. I feel like every time I predict them to win, they lose. So um, I'm going to say – 3831 UAB. I got go ahead, Kyle. No, you can go ahead. I got I got Temple 3121 in this game. Oh. I, I think they're gonna oh, win. Gotcha. I think they have to win. And when I say they have to win, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. They're not I, look, Kyle said technically they could look if they win Saturday and then they beat Memphis the day after Thanksgiving, then that's a really nice way to close out what has been obviously a very disappointing season. But I think again, Kyle makes a great point. You you have to go down and, and win this game. I think it's a yeah. bad sign if they go down there and lay an egg. I mean, if UAB just plays lights out football and Temple plays lights out football too, which I doubt. Like you typically don't see like two teams are struggling like this, like just playing mistake free football. But they they have to go down there and play well. I, this is I just I just see them winning this game. I, I see 31-21. Again, that's not me saying like, oh, they're, they've been much better than people think. They've gotten an unfair shake. No, this has been a bad season for them, but I think they're going to win Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think, I mean, UAB is bad. I don't, I don't care what their their record says. If they're okay, if they're three and seven, just like Temple. Um, I think UAB is bad. I think they kind of got exposed a little bit in that Navy game. The only, if this was at home, I think Temple wins this game like soundly, soundly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it being on the road, it being in Birmingham is interesting ish. I say Temple wins this 34 to 24. If, if Temple is unable, like if, if Danny Langsdorf is unable to scheme his way past a high school defensive coordinator, then there's other bigger issues here. Um, so again, I, I think Temple wins this probably gets smoked against Memphis and, enters the offseason slightly better than they were last year. Did a younger Kyle Gauss ever start current UAB head coach Trent Dilfer on a fantasy football team? God, no. <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> Not even as a waiver wire pickup? No, I think that was – did you? I don't know. I, no. I just had something I, go I, through my I head. I didn't play a two-quarterback league until I was in, like, 
my early 30s. So there was no scenario where I would have streamed a trend. <laughs> no, I'm saying like during a bye week, you got to pick up something. No, no. Hmm. The fact that you're questioning this, it tells me a lot about your fantasy football. Okay. I'm just looking <laughs> for validation. Like you, you, couldn't, you, you couldn't have, have found anybody else. Round, right? <laughs> I just want it's a bad pick. <laughs> he did win a Super Bowl. There you go. No, <laughs> Javon's going to hear this and just freak out that you're giving Trent Dilfer credit for winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we we did mention earlier in the in the pod the clip of uh, from Monday of Stan Drayton just kind of just lamenting everything that went wrong on Saturday, and he's now the coach who is trying to walk the line between it's on me and it's also on the players and. You'll hear him saying, "Here, why would you do that?" When he's talking about Samir Cobbs in the late yeah. hit. So here's the clip that, that we were talking about. You know, just I just think it was a lack of situational awareness there. I mean, here's the deal, right? They start that drive with seven plus sec, uh, seven minutes um, plus seven minutes on on the clock, and uh, so we're thinking that we're going to get a, a stop and, a, and another opportunity to get the drive back. That should be a two position possession football game with seven minutes left on the clock. You get them down third and 13. Okay. Um, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? Right? Like what, what in your mindset tells you that is the smart thing to do. And I just think that there is a, a, a lack of situational awareness that, that took place right there, right? Maybe it's him not being in that situation. You know, normally he's a, the, you know, uh, our second team guy who's normally not in those pressure situations, but you know, that's an excuse, right? That's an excuse. I mean, if, you, if you're in a meeting room setting and you're learning from the guys who are put in those situations all the time, then you should be learning from all of our mistakes as a football team. And, you know, um, my dog, man, you know, just, you know, um, it's hard to, to find an excuse for that. You, you, it really is. So, no, we just got to be better. Situationally, we got to be alert, aware. Um, they were slowing their offense down to take time off the clock. You got to feel that as a defensive player, you know. So what's the most important thing? The football. Key the freaking football. Key the freaking football. Your eyes are on the football. It's not about a hard count. You should know we're going to get hard count. Uh, you should know they're trying to keep our offense off the football field. And I think that needs to be better articulated from our coaches, maybe on the sideline, you know, um, but it has to be better received by our football players who actually got to go do it, you know. And uh, so there was a disconnect there and uh, we got to address that. All right. Let's get to this. Real, good, real, real quick. I do want to give a little credit. I think maybe the bar was a little low. I think that was the best Everett Withers performance of the season. They blitzed more. They were able yep. to get pressure. They held him without any any offensive points in the second half. I think there was a little bit of progress there on the defense. It's just towards the end, you start seeing guys that shouldn't be in the position to make plays like that, being forced yeah. to make plays like that. And yeah. Yeah. Close up. And it's we we did say that that Demerick Morris, we were told that he was starting to practice. Yeah. He made the trip. He was down there. He went through pregame warm-ups, did not play. Again, I don't. He could stack, still technically play in these last two games and red, red shirt. shirt. Yeah. So something to keep an eye on for, for Saturday. We'll jump into the mailbag here. A lot of stuff from Twitter, a lot of stuff from the message boards. Thank you all for submitting questions. It's always a fun part of the show for us. First question here comes from Twitter from Will Howell. His, uh, his Twitter, uh, Twitter handle is mdub20. What do you think the new coaching staff has done to maximize Jaleel White on the court, he seems like a completely different player. Ah, confidence, mm -hmm. I think. I think it's confidence. Let's also say that I think Jaleel White's playing a lot better. I still think you're seeing. Yeah, I, I'm not putting pinning this all on Jaleel White, but there are still times when Jaleel White gets to the rim and doesn't finish. There are still times where Hasir Miller gets to the rim and doesn't finish. I think if they took that step in their game, I think this is a ten point. Temple win. I will say he hit that one elbow jumper that he made and knocked down. He's not even really taking that shot last year. So well, he I, hit a three against Navy too. Yeah, and I the short answer there, confidence. Yeah, I I, I don't want to be the wet towel, but I'll also say if there's any game that Jaleel White's going to be like good against, it's against like Navy where you are just a better athlete than anybody else on the on the floor. So sure. like, yeah, he probably had an advantage in some of these games just from his physical size. So, like, let's see how it plays out over a full season. But, yeah, I mean, he looks more confident. He's also just an older guy at this point, right? He has to be – him and Heisier have to be the leaders of this team. So, mm -hmm. he, they both stepped up in that role so far. So the difference between a wet towel and a wet blanket? 
Oh, John, I don't know. <laughs> Probably me just uh, mixing up my my analogies. But yeah, whichever one you want. Wet towels, wet blanket, you got to dry that. Okay, You got to put that in the dryer. You're going to get mold. You're going to do all these things. Wet towels, you can hang them up, air dry them. Let them do their thing. There you go. Well said. That's very well said. Well said I, say wet I think I said wet towel twice in this podcast. You, did, you have said It's twice. okay. Yeah. Whatever. It's, uh, it's spicy. It's good stuff. Yeah. That is great <laughs> stuff. Way to switch <laughs> no. it up. It's all deadly. Next uh, next question, also from Twitter, from uh, the Twitter handle off the hook three. This cracked me up. It's it's the year 2100. John has long retired and Declan is running the scoop from his nursing <laughs> home. I would like to add that by 2100, I wouldn't. Long I, dead. I, I'd be dead. Long well, dead. You know, maybe long, not. We're all dead at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, virtual reality football is now the number one sport in America, and Temple is once again ranked near the bottom. Do Temple <laughs> do Temple fans still do Temple fans still complain about the lack of investment from the board of trustees? <laughs> that's more that's more just comedy than by that else. point. I would think the board of trustees is just a series of AI robots, and they've already just <laughs> They've just put Temple out of its misery. Yeah, Chat like, yeah. Just, the <laughs> algorithm has decided that Temple virtual football. Well, bad expenditure. You, you guys in the, in the year twenty one hundred ninety eight ninety eight? Yeah. Yeah, you're dead. You guys could be alive. No, you're dead. No, I'm I, still, I a, you underestimate me, Kyle. I have a history of heart disease in my family. <laughs> gone. I'm not making gone. it. Gone. <laughs> Johnny's just sitting there playing Connect Four and eating the pieces. Get away from me! It was my turn. Yeah. Anyway, next question from Glenn. The Twitter handle was Al72. His his question just says Miller's usage rate was to come down, correct? So I'm I'm assuming that Glenn is asking, you know, was were we to assume that Hyser Miller would be would not have to play 35, 38 minutes a game, take that many shots in a game? I, I don't know that that was ever really a great assumption because A, they don't really have a great backup point guard right now now jaleel can handle the ball shane dizoni can handle the ball i don't think i don't think shane played a single minute on tuesday night at drexel again like different guys can can bring the ball off the floor jordan riley can do it but no i don't know that his usage rate was ever going to come down sure in a perfect world adam fisher would say like he would have loved to come into the season and said yeah you know um you know um Shane Dizoni really looks ready. I, I I think that they they look at a guy like Quante Berry as really talented, but he just needs more time. He is, I mean, he's, he's a redshirt freshman. He's still coming off a hip injury. I don't want to say the guy, I mean, I just don't think he's necessarily ready yet. I don't know that they, this is going to sound like a bad thing. I don't mean for it to be a bad thing. I just don't know that they trust him with major minutes just yet. We could be saying something different, but no, I don't know that, his usage rate was to come down. I don't know if you guys feel differently about that. You know how many times I've seen this exact career progression at Temple? Like, so many times. like seven times. It's always like junior year point guard progression. Like mm-hmm. you see it, you saw it with Will Cummings. Like you become a starter as a sophomore, but like you're not really the guy yet. And then your junior year, you have to like take that step. Even you Luis saw it Guzman. with Luis Guzman. Luis, yeah. Luis Guz was a little bit more delayed on that. Or like Ramon Moore, not a true point guard, but like same thing. Like, carves out big things. So like, no, I always expected him to have to take a step for that, whether that translates to more wins or not. I don't know, but like, I always thought just like individually, he had to take that step for a junior year. Yeah. So this is, again, I don't think he should be taking 22 shots a game. Like, I think that's a, right. an outlier that will work itself out, but no, that's not surprising to me. All right. This next one I enjoy because I'm going to justifiably poke fun at myself on this. So our friend Varun Kumar, who has written for us in the past, submitted this Twitter question, dinner with Jay-Z or 50K? D- number one, did not realize that this was a thing that, that had been going on. Isn't around. the question more than 50K? Like the thing they I put out. it's 500K. Yeah, those are very different numbers. So <laughs> I'm going to sound like a complete horse's ass after I say this, but might as well be honest. Number one, didn't realize that that was going around on social media. No, number two. Just assume that 50K was like a new artist or. Oh, no. <laughs> so I looked it up. 50 Cent really upgraded. Yes. Oh, no. Vroom texted, texted me. He said, I think this is my fin- my finest mailbag question yet. And I oh said, I had to Google 50K. And he goes, oh, no, John. Oh, no, John. Oh, 50K no. is not a person. Oh, no. Like, well, now I've got something to talk about on the pod. Oh, I my could, God. I could sweep. I could sweep that under the rug. 
Oh man. But I'm a man. Yeah, good for you for owning it, but holy crap. I know. <laughs> oh god. Oh no. John, you're not I'm beating the hoping, allegations. I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> you're not beating the that. allegations today. <laughs> Do I want to know what the allegations are against John DeCarlo? Just they're like, oh, he's old, he's old, he's old. <laughs> yeah. For, I don't think you guys fully comprehend how old, how old John is sometimes. <laughs> like, I am old compared to you guys. He is old compared to me. Like, there's like a, another degree there. But he's still sharp as a tag, you know? It's just oh, yeah. Culture, uh-huh. not, not as, you know, not as up Look, to date. And that's okay. Occ- occasionally, okay. we just have to send somebody over there and make sure he didn't leave the oven on. Like, it's fine. Like, <laughs> All right, all right, John. We're just tapping. Is there a second? Wait, is there a burner on? Is the car running? Did he give a social out to somebody? Oh my god! Yeah, oh, why, geez, John? John. You, you don't have to pay the IRS and target gift cards. I don't know how many times I have to keep telling you this. <laughs> no, John, you did not have a package that didn't arrive in the facility. The answer to this to send que- your home address. The answer to this question, though, regardless of what the figure is, is the money. It's the money. It's the money, and it's not even close. Jay Z, if you were forced, like, like what's Jay Z going to tell you? Oh yeah, man. Like become like incredibly proficient and gifted at one very specific thing that will make you money. Like, what's Jay Z going to teach me? Artwork. He says I like I like Jay Z a lot. I would choose five hundred dollars over dinner with Jay Z. Right. I like oh, I'm wow. using the money every time. Yeah. Well, no, it's that great. I mean, I would pay the five hundred bucks for the story. Be like, hey man, look, I got I, I yeah, went to I went to this uh, dinner with Jay Z and I took this selfie. Like that that's worth five hundred. Yeah, I think I that's think, true. I think five thousand. I think maybe a thousand or uh, and up. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I was going to say a thousand, ten. probably my. You know how mind. good your day would be if someone was just like, "Oh, by the way, this decision here's a check for fifty grand." Like you'd be walking on air for the day. Yeah, that's true. You'd be like, "This is sick." It's always the money. Take the yeah, money. It's money. Yeah. Moving along, our friend Ricky Turner checking in. Ricky yeah, he just got his first job in business. Luckily, oh, yes, Ricky, congrats! Yes, Ricky Turner, that's recent awesome. Temple grad. Uh, biggest surprise so far this season in the young basketball season. Other uh, three and oh. <laughs> Kyle. Um, I'll just say, and granted, I mean, he didn't play as well in the last two games as the first team. But the fact that Zion Stanford's basically like the sixth guy on this team, yeah, that he's yeah. made this big of an impact right away. And he was guarding Williams like yeah. for mm-hmm. a good chunk of that game, which mm-hmm. is crazy. When, um, Zion, for- when Zion Stanford, like, a, I don't know how to say this. When he gets like a couple years in the weight room and he's just kind of like loses some of that baby fat and like, he becomes like a college athlete body, the sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think I think for me it's been the play of Sam Hoffman. Like while the stats yeah. haven't really backed it up, I think he's like such a focal point of this team when it comes to like hustle plays, playing down low. Like I know he had that foul late in the Drexel game, but I think he still is a big part of this team and kind of like their mantra of hustle and playing defense. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think I, I sorry, I think the staff deserves credit for being able to find like a plug and play like starter that late in the process because he didn't yeah. like he was out of nowhere late in the recruiting cycle and I just plug him right in. Yeah, absolutely. I, for me, it's a tie, I think, between those two. A, a lot of times, you know, like during an offseason, you talk to players, you talk to coaches, even if it's just in passing. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? And they were they were excited about Sam Hoffman. They thought he could help. Then over the summer, you started to hear, boy, Zion's in really good shape. He's in really good shape. He might be able to help us more than we thought. And then I think you just need to you need to see it to believe it. Like, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but remember heading into the football season, oh, the, the offensive line's the most improved unit, and they weren't. Right. And again, well, they, they were because they were going up against a dismantled defensive line. Yeah. So they lost yeah. by yeah. comparison. So I, I would say for me, it's a tie between Zion and uh, Sam Hoffman. A couple more to, to close things out here. Uh, Javon Edmonds, former com oh, staffer. Yeah. How did he get through my filter? <laughs> we're three games into the season what are updated record predictions i mean it's way too far out i i i went through and looked through the games i i could see him as like a 17 and 14 team with a win in the in the conference tournament yeah i think they're a little closer to 500 than i initially thought they were mm-hmm. but i didn't go through the game so i don't know exactly i didn't i didn't have a specific record prediction but i think maybe like one or two games over 500 the rest of the way no, yeah. oh, wait, no, not that, not that. I mean, one or two games under. Oh, I misspoke. Sorry. Yeah, 14, 15 wins. I mean, I think there's going to be with the new new teams in the conference. There's some teams that you're like, well, they should beat them. So 14, 15, 16 wins. I'm mm-hmm. about, honestly, I'm, I'm what I was preseason. Yeah. Esther Boyer from the message board here. Uh, is anything going on with Taj Tweet? No, I, I just think he's another player where they just need to, they just need to trust him. A little bit more. I mean, like that was 
th- that was a game where you saw they played eight guys against at Drexel, tighten up the rotation. I, I think you'll see Taj. I mean, you've seen him already, but that just, I guess that Adam Fisher just didn't trust him to go into that game. I think there are some, some things that they're still working through with him defensively. If the answer is, is anything going on, like just beyond normal basketball? No, mm-hmm. not in trouble, not anything like that. I think it's just, he's got to keep, that's going to keep working at it. Um, next question here from Vanter is the, the screen name. Any insight on the contract renewal with Nike in June? Was it another three-year extension? Don't know the exact terms. A couple of people have told me that it's not as gear friendly a deal. So Kyle's got to sign out here. Deuces. I can off a zoom. See you, buddy. Um, don't know much more about it other, other than that. A um, couple more questions here. Uh, this one from Diamond and Broad. And uh, we're now looking at each Sorry. We're looking at ourselves <laughs> on Zoom now that, that Kyle's logged off and uh, now can't help it. Straight. Can't keep a straight face here. Um, Diamond and Broad from the message board uh, with a bunch of questions here. How hot is Stan's seat? Does Stan move on from Everett Withers as defensive coordinator? Does next year's recruiting class have a Bobby Wallace-like feel, meaning that there will be junior college players everywhere? Does the football program have anyone on staff devoted to NIL? And if no, why not? And bonus question, most overrated food at Thanksgiving. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the pot each week. Thank you for all those questions. Diamond and Broad try to kind of try to shoot through these as quickly as possible. How hot is Stan C? Again, I, I don't see Arthur Johnson moving on from a guy that he hired after two seasons. Again, not trying to tell any Temple fan out there that they should be happy about what's going on right now. It's been a disappointing season. I get that. I still think Stan gets another year. Does Stan move on from Everett Withers as his defensive coordinator? Also, don't see that happening. Again, if you want to be critical of how Everett has called some games and done certain things this year, that's fair. I think Kyle makes a, a fair point in that I, I think that he called a really good game last Saturday down at USF. They really tightened things up in the second half, given the fact that Everett had such a, a hand in helping Stan put together and piece together his initial staff. And then when DJ Elliott left to go and join Nick Sirianni to be his linebackers coach with the Eagles, he's the first guy. He's one of the first guys that Stan thinks of. I just don't see it happening. I think what could be more likely is that Everett Withers, who is a a, a veteran coach, who's been a head coach and assistant coach, I could see him leaving and just saying like, Hey, my family and I are going to settle here, whatever. Like I, and he goes back into like a, like an analyst role or something like that. I don't see Stan moving on from him. Does next year's recruiting class have more of a Bobby Wallace like feel to it? Uh, it could. I mean, I think that they're probably from, you know, sourcing this as much as I can through talking to numerous people. I think that they might, if they can get them sign, maybe two or three more high school guys. And I think the rest of it is going to be portal heavy and, and Juco heavy. Uh, we, we did break the story about uh, last week about, or th- a few days ago about them getting a verbal commitment from Sultan Badmus from uh uh, from a high school, from Bowie High School, down in Maryland, uh, I'd be surprised if you see them get five or six more high school verbal commitments. So, um, different, you know, different set of circumstances. That Bobby Wallace, again, if you're a longtime Temple fan, Bobby Wallace had to go to a lot of junior college players when they knew that they were getting kicked out of the Big East, and the future of the program was up in the air. And Bobby Wallace didn't want to go out and talk to high school players and try to lie to them and guarantee that they were going to have a program for four years. I think that they're going to have more junior college players and, and transfer portal players for different reasons in that they're heading into year three. I think we talked about last week and these coaches aren't stupid. They know they have to start winning or, you know, their, you know, their job performance is going to get called into question. Does the football program have anyone on staff devoted to NIL? And if no, why not? I don't believe that they do. Why not? Good question. They need NIL help. Um, don't know much more to say other than that. Bonus, most overrated food at Thanksgiving. Turkey. Yeah, it's either that or mashed potatoes mm-hmm. for me. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and I, I know it's kind of like the the, the trendy thing to say, uh, turkey's overrated, but I do find myself eating turkey more in the days after as a leftover. I like turkey as... A leftover, you know those little Hawaiian rolls, little the King's Hawaiian, the King's Hawaiian rolls, delicious little turkey sliders. I almost like those more 
than another actual turkey on Thanksgiving. Interesting. Day. I, I like that. I, I think turkey is a very underrated like leftover. Like I I like it after. Mm-hmm. I don't like it on the day, which might sound weird, but like I just I don't know. Like I I like some of the sides more than I like the actual turkey on the day. It's yeah. a vessel for gravy. A vessel for gravy. Yeah. yeah. That's that I feel like that's like big very, gravy. I feel like guy. that's eighty percent of the Thanksgiving food. Very, yeah. very nautical and very eloquent of you. It was good. It's, it's a vessel for gravy. Oh yes. <laughs> Sail the seven seas, gravy. God, I knew that was a mistake. You're gonna dive into it. I might get into character. Yeah, you know, one day. Like Jaws. One day, I'm gonna be a character actor. You're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be eating your words. It's gonna I'm happen. Not, I, I could. Just, I, I'm not. There are no words to eat. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> doubting you. Um. Yeah. I. I. If Zach Gelb, if you're listening to the scoop, Zach Gelb of, of CBS Sports Radio loves, Zach loves Gelb. talking about how overrated turkey is. His family always has lasagna every year. At Thanksgiving, my mom's making a lasagna this year. We're switching things up. We're still going to have turkey, mm-hmm. but my mom's going to make some lasagna. So, Zach, I thought you'd be proud of me there. I love lasagna. It's a great pick. What's your favorite Thanksgiving side? Uh, stuffing, probably. Either stuffing or sweet potatoes. My man. <laughs> stuffing and sweet potatoes are the two best things easily. It's not <laughs> even close. You awkwardly looking at that going, my man. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yes, I love stuffing and sweet yeah, I potatoes. I eat way too much stuffing. Yeah, it's so and good. That's what gets me in trouble first. Yeah. And now we'll go sit on the couch, watch whatever game is on, sort of nod off, sort of mm-hmm. pretend to hear what everyone's saying. Nice. In conversation, not being a good active listener, <laughs> sort of nod off and then wake up, have my get my second win. And I'm like, okay, now I need to go back for some of the other sides. Um, I will say, though, real quick, underrated cranberries. I feel like a lot of people hate on cranberry. No, cranberry sauce is good. Yeah, but, but a lot you, of people hate on it. You guys do like the natural cranberries. You don't do like the cranberry sauce out of the can and cut it up into little slices. You I do. dabble in both, my friend. I dabble in both. <laughs> There's no limit. No limit. Dabble in both, my friend. <laughs> why Why stop, you know? Do you have a favorite? Oh, well, yeah, stuffing you said is your favorite side. Yeah, stuffing or sweet potatoes, I think are those are the two. Yeah. It, are you it guys depends. at all partaking and in, in assisting your families with any of the preparation or are you just being the sons and sitting back and i do a lot of the cleaning i i'm usually like the runner like if there's there like a go. last minute thing that needs to be like we got to go to the grocery store we need to get like this like more napkins or more yeah like, stuff like stuff i'm the runner i don't i don't cook i don't I don't try to even come close to the kitchen when it comes to that Does scenario. Does your family know that you're a you're a skilled cheese steaksman now? <laughs> well, see, that, that's the new that's the new thing. I, I mean, I can make a cheese steak, but that's not really a Thanksgiving. You should thing. make yeah, a turkey a turkey cheesesteak skill that you could say. You know, Probably not turkey cheesesteaks. I don't like wearing your hat right now. By the way, it's just the way Declan kind of put it on. Yeah, it's actually my pod. Okay, and I just I haven't moved it. <laughs> I do. Um... No, no, I do what I was going to say. Great. Oh. My fault. It's oh, you're like you're like petering out like a wind up toy now. Yeah, my it's four thirty eight p.m. and you're just brain hurts. Down. I've only been up for four hours. Um, I, uh, we usually go to my uncle's every year, and uh, they also have five kids. So we are there's a lot of people in the house, and uh, I I usually do the dishes because once we get there, it's a we go up to Williamsport, so it's like a three and a half hour drive, and everything's already cooked by the time we get there. So what I do is I clean because mm-hmm. I feel like that's you know, giving back in a small way. So that's how that's I justify good. it in my head. There you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big cleaner when it comes to it too, because I, I realized that I didn't do much to partake. So I kind of <laughs> just like, you know what? Big like, dish. Let, let me pull my weight here a little bit. I had a lot of the food. <laughs> I didn't really do anything. So I'll, I'll help clean up. Big God, dishes. Guys. You guys, as long as you're doing something to contribute. Yeah. You're just sitting around like bumps on a lot. I'm oh. Irish Catholic. I can't do that. I can't, you know, let people do things. There you go. Good stuff, guys. Last question here to close things out. The screen name is Temple Fan Al. Question there. Temple is 3-0 right now. We have 26, if I'm not mistaken. It should be about, well, 27 if you count at least one game in the American Athletic Conference tournament. Uh, 26 games, if I'm not mistaken. 27 games left in the regular season. So, okay, he's right. 26 games in the regular season. From everything you've seen so far, how many more wins can our Al's get? And who has been the MVP through the first three games? Hoffman has been a beast. I would say, again, going back to Javon's question, I would say, I mean, if I'm going to predict them at 17 and 14, I have them getting 14 more wins. MVP. It probably is Hoffman. Yeah, he was kind of the X factor the other night. 
Zion Stanford. Well, he was the X Factor against much. Navy, though, too. Yeah. Like he was the X Factor then. He was he played really well against UMES. Like in terms of setting the tone yeah. and getting the game off on the right foot, I think it is Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably he's he's like the glue guy. He he does everything that's not on the stat sheet like yeah. amazingly. It's and he's always Glad hustling. You resort to any cliches there. He's the glue guy. It's not you can't measure that stuff on the stat sheet. You can't. You can't. I mean the the way the way this guy puts the coach hat on all of a yeah. sudden. I can't. I can't count the amount of times. Is he I've going the extra mile? Would you say he's going the extra mile? <laughs> no, I think he's going two extra miles. There we go. Not Dang. just one. Well, not just one extra. That's far. <laughs> two extra miles. John, to close things out, walk walk us through what you guys are doing for Thanksgiving. Declan has already set the scene. He's going to be in Williamsport. And Hopefully. then they burn off some extra energy after dinner. He's going to go up to play the field where they play the Little League World Series, and he's just going to run sprints. No, I've field. never actually been there. I'd love to. I actually I might drive home that night, so no extra energy burn off because we got a game the next day. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yep. Johnny? Uh, so it, it typically alternates. It depends. I Honestly, I haven't really confirmed what which plan we're doing this year, but typically – most of the time, I'll host my dad's side of the family. They'll come over to my house. There's, he is one of six, so wow. he's the oldest, and each each like sibling has two or three kids. So there's a lot of people in the house. Shout out, um, big family. Um, as that's the way for on both sides for me. There's a lot of uh, cousins, but um, either we'll host and we'll host all them, or we'll go to my um, my grandma's sister's house. And where's that? Uh, that is in Norristown. Okay, nice, nice. So, not it. too far. Well, what are you doing? Yeah, we are hosting. Oh, we're hosting in Havertown. Was Bear cooking? I'd love it if he could. No, I think he's probably just going to sit back and and wait. I don't. I don't. I can't remember if he had turkey last year. He was just. I mean, he's old. He's uh, he's almost a year and a half now. So he was just a he was just a little guy last year. Mm-hmm. And we have Cece. We have a new puppy. I don't know if we'll be giving her turkey, but it'll be me, my wife, my mother in law. My mom, my stepbrother-in-law, his wife and their daughter, my stepbrother-in-law Hal's grandfather Hal also coming over. Uh, wow. Might get a visit from my buddy Todd Zalecki, MLB.com. Nice. Speaking to my my sports writing <laughs> class. Give him the full title. In, uh, less than an hour. Might be coming over with his wife and their and their three kids. So it should be fun. I'm looking looking forward to it. Nice. That's awesome full title what you <laughs> Todd Selecki, my buddy Todd Selecki, MLB.com be ready for the middle of the check him out <laughs> three-time author check him out at MLB.com slash show a little plug because I mean I know it just made me laugh I don't know who he is so yeah uh, uh he might he might come over so uh I'm looking forward to it so That's in the event awesome. that we decide not to are we are we recording this we'll record on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving not record on Thanksgiving oh we record next week do we yeah, do we're not. all right yeah, so well. we'll be with you guys one more time before Thanksgiving, but for those of you who choose not to listen next week because you're busy, hope you have a wonderful holiday. Uh, you're celebrating. If you choose, you know, you probably got a car ride. Yeah. Maybe it's not a long one. Maybe it's a short one. Listen to it while you're cooking. Listen to it while you're cooking. Yeah. Listen to it, you know, uh, if you need a break at halftime, you know, if one of the performers isn't great, you know, they don't live up to Creed at the Dallas Cowboys halftime, you know. Are they playing the Dallas? I don't think so. I, I just remember. And, God, you know. I can't stand them. It just oh, makes geez. me up makes me upset. To I'm grateful back. for Creed. <laughs> you would be. Yeah, I love you, but I just I, I almost I burst can't. out in a song there, but I did. No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> anyway, for those of you who don't, we don't get a chance to connect with. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Those of you who are going to be listening next week, we'll talk to you once more before the holiday. Thanks for tuning in again. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.